This is the Jamal Show. Down in. Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. This is the Jamal Show. This is the Jamal Show. Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. Jamal. Connecticut. Guess what? Guess what? It's yet another great day to be living on this great earth. Thanks for spending time with, with us once again on WKMD 97.5 FM. I wish you all good health. And I mean that without any irony and not as a joke. Like Vladimir Putin. Did you, did you guys hear that this past week? Yeah. It was hilarious. President Joe Biden called the Russian president Vladimir Putin... A killer. Go figure. Something new there. Joe said it on the air, live TV. He said Vladimir Putin was a killer. And apparently Vladimir Putin was offended by the truth. And Putin isn't used to being not worshipped by an American president. He's used to, if you remember, he's used to stand-up comedian Trump always calling Vladimir Putin his favorite person. And so after Putin was offended by Joe Biden, Putin responded to President Biden. He did so in part by saying, I wish Joe Biden good health, without any irony and not as a joke. Now, isn't that hilarious? Isn't that in a way confirming that you are, in fact, a killer? That's like if I offend a guy in Harlem, my hometown of Harlem, and he looks at me, and he's like, I wish you great health, Jamal, and without any irony, and not as a joke. If someone said that to me under that context, I'm thinking this guy's going to kill me. Right, that's a threat. You know, um, Joe Biden poisoned. I'm half expecting that Joe, that Joe Biden's going to be poisoned, right? Because that's what Vladimir Putin does. That's Putin's favorite way of disappearing people. Poison. And it... If that happens to Joe Biden, will anybody wonder who did it? By the way, this is the Jamal Show, but we need to change the name to the I Digress Show, because that's all we ever seem to do here. But today we have a little surprise for you, a good surprise. Good trouble in the form of a great host, if everything goes right. And, and we will be getting to that soon enough. I want to remind you that, as always, this broadcast is meant to inspire you. It is meant to motivate you to always appreciate your life as the gift that's been given to just you, to only you, yours to do with as you wish. First and foremost, that's what it's all about. That's the purpose of this broadcast. Purpose, as you may know, is defined as the reason why something exists. And by the way, looking at why something exists is a good way to judge whether you should be associated with that thing or not, or person. For example, if this show is all about selling life insurance, you may not want to listen to it. The show's purpose would be about life insurance sales. But you may not need life insurance, right? So that would be a reason for you not to stay with us. Lucky for you, this broadcast is not about life insurance. It's about living an intelligent life. It's about buying life insurance, maybe sometimes. But more importantly... It's about buying life insurance intelligently. It's about buying whatever it is you buy, 
but intelligently. It's about doing whatever it is you do, but intelligently. That's our purpose here. And as you may have figured out, purpose is our magic word for the day. Now, if you can believe in my purpose, then you may agree with it. And then maybe you can align with it. On the other hand, you may find it disagreeable. Or you may not believe that's my real purpose. If that's the case, then you cannot align with it. I want to give you a few examples. And this first one, I got a few calls about this week. So I, I want to bring this up. Let's talk about this. Governor Andrew Cuomo. You may have heard of him. I got a call from an angry New Yorker, a lady who supports Governor Cuomo strongly. Hello, Bridget. Andrew Cuomo's got three terms as the governor of New York. Governor Cuomo's little brother, Chris Cuomo, hosts a popular show on CNN. Governor Cuomo's family has a storied history in the state of New York. It's a very liberal, well-known, and well-loved family. Andrew Cuomo's father was also a governor and was loved so much that, Mac might remember this, people wanted him to challenge Bill Clinton for president. Yeah. They were mad at Mario Cuomo because he didn't challenge, he didn't primary Bill Clinton for president. If you're old like me, you remember that. With that kind of background, you would think that nothing could take Andrew Cuomo down. You would think that his entire purpose is about being a great governor of the state of New York. Just like his father was. People believed that was Andrew Cuomo's purpose. And he enjoyed support up until a few weeks ago. Up until a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, a woman stepped out to allege sexual harassment against the governor. Since then, a total of eight women have come forward to alleged sexual harassment on the part of Governor Andrew Cuomo. And so now, people are taking a closer look at the governor's administration, and what do they see? They see a governor who appears to keep attractive young women around him on his staff. I mean, you think this guy was Dr. Alfonso Mack or something. <laughs> you know, he keeps attractive women around him on his staff, like Mack does. Yeah. Hey, they see a governor who, who appears to be very loose with his tongue when it comes to commenting about a young lady staffers around him. He's allegedly told young staffers that he's lonely. Imagine telling your staffer this. You're lonely and you need a girlfriend. As a result, Governor Cuomo's supporters are starting to question his purpose in the governor's mansion. Is his reason for being there to govern? Or is he there because it's a nice place to pick up ladies? Does he find it easier to approach a woman because he is the governor? As you know, as would be the case. Doesn't hurt. I can imagine it doesn't hurt. His commitment to being is being questioned now, and people are deciding not to align with him anymore. They are no longer believing his purpose is true. Purpose is our magic word for the day. Please allow me to remind you that. And I actually support Governor Cuomo. So, Bridget, don't call me angry and wake me up. I will support him for as long as this investigation does not find him guilty. Let's see where the investigation leads us. But I, too, am starting to question his purpose. And let me tell you, it doesn't look good now. Because last night, I guess, uh, his brother Chris Cuomo announced that he's taking a vacation from CNN. So that makes me think that something's about to happen, Mac. So there's that. Chris Cuomo wants to get out of town before his brother resigns or something. That's what it sounds like. 
Well, he's and, been mysteriously silent. Let's be frank about it. Well, he he always says on the on his show. He says, you know, I can't comment on my brother, right? And you imagine that th- it's a very tight family. You imagine Chris Cuomo's on this panel to find to decide, hey, should I resign or not? I don't think he should. You don't resign until the investigation is done. But if that investigation says you're guilty, I don't see how he survives it. I really don't. Now, speaking of something big, everybody knows we just had another mass shooting in America. Surprise, surprise. That's America. Over 4 billion served with assault rifles. Thank you. Eight people senselessly murdered. Six of them were ostensibly Asian. I guess everybody has some Asian in them, but these people could be identified as Asian from the way they looked. So that makes a difference. And no, by the way, the murderer, I don't want to say his name, but the murderer went to an Asian day spot to kill people. So there's that. I think Asian people hang out in Asian spas. Uh, one could make that assumption. Right? Yeah, but, you know, it's Asian. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you've walked by an Asian spa once in your life. Where? Never gone in, but walked oh. by. Hey, what can I say? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but what are they doing? Why did this active shooter kill those people? I know that you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, clearly this guy hates Asians, right? You would think that his purpose was to eradicate Asians. And you wouldn't be crazy to think that, because that's exactly what he did, right? He went to a place where Asians gather, and he pointed a high-powered assault rifle at the people there, which usually causes death. So that makes sense. But wait, that's not what he's saying. He's telling the cops that racism, racism had nothing to do with it. That wasn't his purpose at all. According to this depraved murderer, he's actually a sex addict, not a racist. A sex addict. And he saw these women as objects of his sexual addiction. But instead of killing himself, like, you know, an honorable guy would have done, he figured he'd just go ahead and take the lives of other people. I guess these ladies flirted with him too much. I guess that was their sin. They're bad. But no, he could never be a racist. He's just a person who objectifies women and makes them pay for it with their lives, according to him. And that's that's the good side of it. That's the side he's presenting, right? Now, the cops took that story from him and spread it to the world as if it was true. I mean, this is the same cop who spread social media posts about the China virus a few months ago. So you can see some alignment there between the cops and him. I don't know if you saw this, Matt, but the cop was like, he had had a bad day, man. I I mean, don't you get it? Boys will be boys. You know, um, (laughs) know, the, the, the world's going crazy, and this guy had just come to the end of his rope. I mean, what would you do if you had an assault rifle, right? The cop. Should have been his defense t- attorney. Should have been his defense lawyer. The cop was like, hey, man. You mean he wasn't? I thought he was too for a minute. You know, cops sometimes become lawyers after a few years in the force. So the cop was on the side. The cop was like, hey, man, he- we all lose our temper sometimes. I had a bad day. You know, remember the last time your laundry ended up missing and then you had to go kill somebody because of it? I mean, that's not a pretty thing to do, but it happens to all of us, apparently, according to the cop. So the cop understood. I mean, he's no longer in the case, but that's a side. That's a side note. The cop understood clearly how this murderer could get so confused and, and so upset that he would kill people. And I mean, if you gotta go to an Asian spot to do it, why not? That's basically what the cop said. And I gotta say, this is all 
I, I hate I hate to make light of this. This is all very disheartening. But I do want to take this opportunity to give out the Jamal Show Award to my Asian brothers and sisters for speaking out about the racism they face in this country. Yeah. You ever notice how when authoritative institutional racism pops up, they hide it? I mean, they, that cop was gone before he got off the podium. Yeah, but it's everywhere. So, I mean, at least they're acknowledging that, hey, this wasn't a good look, right? Right. So I've known that Asians, I mean, look, it's taken a long time for Asians to really speak out about the racism they face in this country. I've known for a long time that Asians faced a lot of racism in this country. I went to high school with a lot of Asians. Uh, I went to a high school called Brooklyn Tech, um, biggest school in New York City. Uh, you got to take a test to get in, and I was surrounded by Asians. You and I test? saw, yeah, huh? you took a test. I took a test, <laughs> and this one I didn't fail. Um, and that was a long time ago. More, more of a time than I like to admit. I feel that Asians have always gone through a lot of adversity in America, but they tend to be more silent about it, right? Yes. And maybe that's due to culture, or from many of them coming from much more aggressive, fascist-type governments. You know, if they complain too much, you know, they might end up in jail. Speaking out can get people some very hard consequences, like prison, you know? I feel like it's about time the Asians spoke out more about what they go through as 5% of this country. And I hope they stay away from that type of trope that, that's always thrown on them of the model minority. Hey, look at the Asians. They can make it. Yeah. Hey, hey what's, what's wrong with you black people? <laughs> look at the Asian people. They, look how good they're doing. They're the model minority. I feel like they've clung to that a little bit. Um, they, they cling to that, even though many of them have to overcome adversity in America. If you look at the statistics, most Asians are broke. If you go to Chinatown and, 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 and New York, it's crappy. You know, it's the worst part of the city. Now, we see Asians coming out and speaking about their experience in America. I want to applaud them. Uh, let's get some uh, applause for these people. I want to applaud these people because... It's about time. It shouldn't only be black people, if you know what I mean. And I will tell you that they're going to get the Jamal Shaw Award for today, but I want you to hear what they said in Congress. I want to play for you, you guys in Radio Land, a discussion that was had within the halls of Congress this past week. The hearing was about violence and hatred against Asians. A lot of people spoke about their experiences. Actors like Daniel Day-Lewis... Politicians like Ted Lieu of California, some Asian educators were there. And I want, to, I want you to pay attention because some of our Asian brothers and sisters, they sound so good making their case to Congress. I'm so proud of them. They actually kind of sound like Black Lives Matter, but for Asians. Asian Lives Matter, how about that? It's really amazing when a group of people find a common purpose. It's beautiful. Purpose is our magic word for today. Please listen. Asian American lawmakers and academic experts testified yesterday about the recent spike in targeted hate crimes across the United States. The hearing, which had been scheduled weeks before the mass shooting in Georgia, focused on the increased anti-Asian rhetoric during the coronavirus pandemic. Blaming the AAPI community for a public health crisis is racist and wrong. Asian Americans must not be used as scapegoats in times of crisis. I'm asking you to please stop using racist terms like Kung Flu or Wuhan virus or other ethnic identifiers and describing this virus. I am not a virus. The House had just recently passed H.R. 908, 
condemning all forms of anti-hate Asian sentiment. But I was disheartened to find that for a bill that required no money or resources, just a simple condemnation of acts of hate against people of Asian descent, 164 members of Congress, all Republican, voted against it. If this were a synagogue or a black church and someone shot up those, those places, would we really be asking whether this is a hate crime or not? Free speech is not a defense of the system. We have no free speech right to yell fire in a crowded theater. And what is happening right now is the Asian Americans are in a crowded theater where we are being endangered. If America were such a hate-filled, discriminatory, racist society filled with animus against Asian Americans, how do you explain the remarkable success of Asian Americans in our country? It deeply saddens me. We believe in justice. Right? There's old sayings in Texas about, you know, find the, all the rope in Texas and get a tall oak tree. Uh, you know, we take justice very seriously, and, and we ought to do that. Uh, round up the bad guys. Your president and your party and your colleagues can talk about issues with any other country that you want. But you don't have to do it by putting a bullseye on the back of Asian Americans across this country, on our grandparents, on our kids. This hearing was to address the hurt and pain of our community and to find solutions. And we will not let you take our voice away from us. My friends, did you hear that? Did you hear that? The Jamal Shore Award goes... To our Asian brothers and sisters who are finally speaking out on their experience in America. Finally speaking out. Finally speaking out. Because No longer freedom. remaining in the corner mm -hmm. and being scared uh, like they can't speak out because yeah. they're not in the fastest country anymore. Freedom is not free. That's right. They get the Jamal Shaw Award for excellence. Did you hear the rebuttal argument from Republicans? It was kind of shameful how the Republicans spoke. I say it's shameful, and that's coming from a guy who sometimes drinks and smokes cigarettes. <laughs> One Republican said... If America's so terrible, that man completely ignored what our Asian brothers and sisters were saying about calming down rhetoric. It seems like the Republicans' only purpose is to absolve America, not to improve America, so that Asians don't get shot in massage parlors. They want to hold up some perfect image of America that doesn't need change. That's their purpose, to help them target the votes of white people. The truth is that stand-up comedian Trump routinely debased American, uh, American Asians. When, when stand-up comedian Trump was president, he told false narratives about Asians intensively spreading COVID-19 to America. That wasn't at all true. But white supremacy doesn't need facts to propagate, does it? All it needs is some false purpose. Purpose is what really drives people. Purpose is, in fact, driving this broadcast. And I will get back to it. But please allow me to do some chores first because we have a surprise guest coming on and he's going to be calling in soon, hopefully. Welcome to Saturday, my friends. This is the Jamal Show, the place to get intelligent live and on your favorite podcasting network. My name is Jamal. I'm an information junkie and I'm passing the fruits of my illness on to you. Lucky for us, there is a vaccine now, so there's hope for both of us. As for me, I'm your listener guide, mostly along for the ride, coming straight through the Hartford studios of WKND, and I'm doing that live because I haven't been shot yet. But the night is young, and this is America, where violence is more probable over time. The revolution will not ever be televised because I don't want the Proud Boys to know what it looked like. Time to say hello to the bishop and my other guests in the live studio with me. I'm very happy to say that the bishop has a clean record 
as it pertains to sexual harassment on the Jamal show. The bishop has never told me that he is lonely or that he needs a girlfriend. Uh, I, I got to step out for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> he has never, he has never laid a hand on me, and that's the way we like to do business here at the Jamal Show. So thanks, Bishop. Hello to Dr. Alfonso Mack, my Hello, personal Alex. dentist. Yeah. How you doing, Mack? I'm we here. will be hearing yeah. from you later. All right, all right. I wish you good health, Mac, yeah, without irony and not as a joke, hey, like hey, Vladimir Putin. Yeah. <laughs> now, on top of being absolutely lit, we are broadcasting on uh, Instagram Live and Facebook Live while on the air. But the sound is best while using a live radio app for your phone, like Extreme Mix Radio or TuneIn or Simple Radio, whatever you got, man. Find some purpose. Big shout out to my friends who are hearing impaired, even though guys, you guys will never be able to hear it. Jamal Show Executive Deborah is our sign language interpreter for the show. And you won't hear anything like it. Yuck, yuck. Check her out on Instagram Live. People like her channel better than mine, so we need her. Let me remind you that there is also Jamal Show Facebook page, and who knows how long that will last. Facebook gives people less freedom than North Korea. Uh, but on that page, we invite you to join our Think Tank email club. That's a club of really intelligent and good-looking people, so Mac is not in it. <laughs> and quite frankly, if you're listening to this show right now, it's missing your presence. So please join us. Now, it's been about two weeks since you've heard my voice. You've last heard me talk about government, and it may have left you feeling bankrupt and overspent, like government does. Today, our topic is purpose. Stories about purpose, how it can drive us or turn us off to others, and how, I'll, how will I pull this off? Well how I do it every two weeks, by scheming and planning on how to get you all more intelligent. And it's not at all easy to do that with Republicans always trying to find a way to discourage you from voting. Why do you think they would do that instead of trying to convince you that their plan for you is better? you got to wonder about their purpose. Is it to empower you or is it to disempower you? Here's some information for just $2.99, but you can send it to me in the mail, and I won't sue you for, if it never comes. The Jamal Show broadcasts live every two weeks on Saturdays, which is more than enough time for you to wish me great health, but please not in a sarcastic manner that would hurt my feelings like Vladimir Putin. By the way, this part is not supposed to be funny, but I am a well-respected Connecticut attorney. Thumbs in the air. So you may want to lean into the radio even closer than you were already. I can be found at jamalshowradio at gmail.com. If you want to throw some business my way or advertise, don't make me remind you that we can be bought. We definitely have a price here. I remind you that this broadcast will soon be up on every podcast network that ever existed and that will ever exist. That's a lie, of course it is. But that's a lie we intend to make true. So please help us get respect with our broadcast by telling a friend. Lastly, but most importantly, please know that my views do not represent the views of this station. The station owners, they wish me great health, and they mean it really sarcastically. <laughs> so if you want to complain about me, that number is 860-218-2173. Nobody ever calls because I'm very unattractive, but you can be a leader here. Time for a break, folks. We have an exciting guest on the line waiting for me to finish talking so I can give him a turn at talking. And also, we have some words from Dr. Mack in the next segment. So why don't you take a break with me? Meet me on the other side of God. LNS, stay on the phone. We're going to be talking to you next. Let's go through this song first, all right? This is a tie bless. Move it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm my EBT card. 
extra black and terrific. Bless me. You know what I'm saying? Public assistance, you heard. Joe Bells, baby. Remix. Shake your body down, move it. song was called Move It by my good friend Todd Bless. And if you have independent music, please send it. You can hit me at jamalshowradio at gmail.com. If it's good, I'll play it on my station. Who knows? You could end up like our next guest, who's about to be big, I believe. And we're going to get to him. But hey, 
It's most definitely a pleasure to have you back with us on the Jamal Show, the place to get intelligent on WKND and on podcast. I am Jamal from Harlem, the real first man on the moon, 80s hip-hop connoisseur, man who never wears a dress, according to me. Um, Dr. Mack would probably disagree. Man who can work two laptops at once. Boy, you wanted to grow up to be Iron Man. Speed reader, man who grew up with no heater. Thanks for being with us. I'm taking a little bit of purpose today. I'm talking a little bit about purpose. And before I go too far in, you know, we like to go for just a tip here. Uh, and we don't be going for no banana in our tailpipe. That's a movie reference, not a, not, a, not a gay reference. But right now, I want to see what's on Mac's mind. Before I even get to that, I want to say hello to our special guest who has called in. So right now, we have a guest calling in by phone. How about that? I'm very excited to have our next guest on. He's a singer. A much better singer than I am in the shower. Really great with the falsetto. And I really find him inspiring due to his story. He's a man who's found his purpose, I believe. I've played his records before on this station many times. And I've talked about how we're going to have him visit one day soon. That day is today. And he's visiting virtually by phone. He's not in the station today, but he will be soon enough. I'm a big fan of this young man. And I think his life is a good testament to what can happen when you know your purpose, how it can give you confidence. So I want to get a little bit into his story. I want to say hello to the legendary LNS. LNS, are you there? I'm here. LNS, finally we have you in the station. That is your adoring audience clapping for you. Welcome to the Jamal Show. When I heard your music, I loved it. But when I heard your story, and I want to go into that a little bit, I found out that you were actually, at one point, a homeless kid. Is that true? Is, 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 tell me a little bit about that. Yes. Um, my career really started off with me actually sleeping on the street. Um, and I, uh, I started off by just, like, dancing down the street, kind of like, you know, jamming out to my own music and listening to other artists. And just living in my own world at the time, and um, people started noticing my moves, and they started like catching on. So I, as I was living the life I was living, and I was dancing, I was getting a little bit of a, a fan base from dancing. Um, so I just kept doing it. And, yeah, I heard. I heard um, that you would uh, sing. You would often sing Michael Jackson songs. Yes, I love my singing Michael Jackson songs. Michael Jackson was uh, the biggest uh, inspiration I had in my career and then he passed away and then um i went and i like i'm not gonna lie I attached to my uh michael jackson's like twin which is chris brown i love and, chris um, brown I'm, I'm a big fan of chris brown as well so i can see where that comes from go ahead yep and um chris kind of showed me like the next um step um, the next level as far as, like, you know, what to do next as far as, like, the next generation of what I can do to perfect my craft. So I kind of branched off of his talent and learned what he did and Michael put them together, and I got LNS. So you see that, right? So you see that, people? I want my audience to see this. I asked you about being homeless, and you didn't complain about how you couldn't eat. You didn't get bitter about how people called you names or how you couldn't get girls. You were talking about your inspirations, the things that kept you going. Is that how you think? You always think about things that keep you going when you're in bad positions? Yeah, I mean, I look at life as, like, 
sometimes it's, it's always a lesson and it's always like a learning experience as far as like not everybody's life is going to be the same. Not everybody is supposed to be rich. Not everybody is going to be rich and not everybody is going to stay poor. Um, sometimes it's like uh, I look at it like I try to take the, the worst situations and try to look at the best outcome of, you know, at least I can smile at this. At least I can smile at that and not try to focus on um, how bad my life is at the moment. How long were you so on the street? I, I was homeless for about four or five years. Really? Yeah. And then I, I kind of started doing music, getting my career together, started building my team, and then it was like based off of the inspiration and love, I was able to get off the street and start actually making myself a career in this music. And I see that you have a job. You you work two shifts sometimes. You still believe in working even though you have your dream. You still believe in, in keeping the money flow going, huh? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I always believe in a, in a hardworking man to take care of the family. So, I, you know what I'm saying? I, That's I, what you're I believe to do. that, you know, music right now is not, is, you know, it doesn't pay, you know, everything, but it can pay some of the bills. And it, it it's a matter of, you know, I have to put in the work, you know, to get rich. How do you put I'm in work when yet. you're on the street? How do you how do you put in work when you're on the street? You were still practicing. I've seen some of your dance moves. I've seen some of your stuff online. You know, you can come off the float, your knees and all that stuff. Like, I guess you had to keep practicing, right? You had to keep believing. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, the way that I did it was I kind of like my confidence built by kind of letting go of that um that fear um, of being afraid to be in front of people. So I just kind of like. The way I practice is I practice wherever I am. If I'm in the grocery store and I want to dance, I'm going to dance down the little aisle. If I'm, in, if I'm walking down, you know, doing laundry or something and I want to sing, I'm just going to sing while I do laundry. There's always a way you can practice and perfect your craft and be better. And it just, there's no actual, you know, practice you could do. There's no right. space that you need to go. It's just practice. Well, you sound comfortable in yourself, and I, I do believe that in order to have purpose, you have to be comfortable in your own skin and with who you are. And your manager just told me that story, and it really blew me away because I would have never imagined that. May I ask, um, for the people out here, we have a lot of Latinos in the area and um, people of color in the area that are listening to you. Can you just tell me what your background is a little bit, just so uh, any ethnicities or anything like that that you that you draw on in the music? Or can you speak Spanish, or what, what do you do? Oh, um, I am I am black. Um, my family is from Barbados, so I have Bayesian in my blood. Um, okay. And Rihanna's um, brother. I, huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> I hear that. Um, yeah. So, um, so do, do, do you sing? Do you, do you speak Spanish? I I don't speak. No, I don't speak Spanish. But I have Spanish in my blood. Also, my mother is Spanish. Okay. All right. Well, I want you to tell everybody. You're not here today. COVID has stopped a lot of this stuff, but you have an open invitation into the studio whenever you want to come. I'm a big fan of your music. I want people to know that you can be found on uh, Amazon Music. You're on all the platforms. Um, I don't like your old stuff as much as I like your new stuff. Your, your new stuff, I mean, it really it puts you in the, to that Justin Bieber like level to me. And we're gonna well, play that's, it in the second. That's Go ahead. the level of success, though. Like you started off somewhere where people like they really see the growth in my craft. So yeah, I can see really the growth. Practice. I definitely see the growth, especially when I heard that you're actually songwriting too, um, and, and with your manager. I think you're with a good uh, group of people. They put out some really good music, host of the year. I, I watched them. So 
go ahead and tell the audience if they really want to find out more information about you, where should they go? Okay, you can find me on Instagram at Legendary LNS, or you can find me on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, Apple Music. Um, you, you used to be able to find me on Google Play Music, but Google Play Music recently has been taken down, so you won't be able to find me on that. Uh, but you can find me, uh, if you search, search Google and type in the Legendary LNS, you can find all my music. And uh, Also, now you can find my clothing line that is just now releasing called LNS Drip. Um, so if you want to, uh, you know, yeah, let me tell you, man, I'm really excited and you find everything. I'm really excited about your career that's coming to you. I think you're going to have a nice solid career and I'm about to play people. Why now this is WKND, as you well know, is this a station? What station do you listen to when you want to hear your own music? The station I listen to? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I listen to this station. That's right. I hear that. That's what I want to hear, brother. We're going to go ahead and show people why you're on the station. Um, I'm going to bid you adieu, let you get back to work. We're going to be talking again, brother, because um, okay. I'm going to be playing your stuff a lot, and I can't wait for you to come up. You know, my son is a photographer. He's up on Instagram everywhere. I want him to take some pictures of us. So I wish you the best. We'll be ta I'll be talking to your manager soon. I want uh, the bishop to go ahead and play alone. And we're going to enjoy your music now. Have a good day, my brother. We'll be talking soon. All right. You too. Play alone, my man. Why the hell you tell me you're alone? I probably shouldn't have came here on my own, my own. Why the hell you dancing on your own,
a new way to advertise is here. Hi, my name is Isaiah Washington, and I'm the founder and CEO of LettuceAvail.com. I created an online database to help up-and-coming entrepreneurs grow their customer base, as well as a space for consumers to find the next best thing. So if you're an entrepreneur looking to advertise your business to more consumers, try LettuceAvail.com today. You can create your own customizable ads for consumers all over the nation to see. And if you're a consumer, LettuceAvail.com has a diverse category of services. Whether you're looking for an event planner for your next event, maybe a band for your wedding, or even a preacher for your next service, LettuceAvail.com has what you need. So what are you waiting for? Log on today at L-E-T-U-S-A-V-A-I-L.com. It's time to avail. Hello again, my friends. Kind of funky in here, so thank the Lord that you can only hear us on the radio and not smell us. That song was alone by the legendary LNS uh, from New York. He actually was just on the phone with us. If you missed it, you'll have to catch the podcast, and you should catch the podcast, because the purpose of this podcast is to inspire you. That's the reason why we're here, and I think that LNS helps us do that because of his story, you know, being homeless and what have you for five years. Still putting out great music. We are all best when we learn from each other's adversities. I believe that. That's my purpose. That's why I'm here. After the LNS song played, we had a word from our best sponsor of them all, LettuceAvail.com. LettuceAvail is a website that helps you monetize your hobbies or interests. So whatever you do as a hobby, you can monetize on this website. Why not make a little money on your side hustle? Why not prosper? Why not avail? LettuceAvail.com. Now, it's my honor to welcome you back to the legendary Jamal Show, the place to get the intelligent, not the fake Jamal Show. I'm being told there's lots of them out there. If you want to become a sponsor like LettuceAvail.com, contact us at JamalShowRadio at gmail.com because we can be bought again. We must be bought. In fact, speaking of being bought, I have a good friend here, uh, here we Dr. Go. Alfonso Matt, who sometimes does my teeth when yeah. he feels like it, Yeah. not when I have pain. Well... <laughs> And Dr. Mack has a few words for well, us. What is yeah, your well, word the, for us today? Well, you know, the theme of today's show uh, is purpose. That's right. Okay. So my purpose in the past has always been to encourage us to get the vaccine, you know, with my take the shot. That's right. All right. Well, what I want to encourage the powers to be and is to change the way that the shot is being administered, all right? Uh, in my opinion, uh, we no longer have a shortage of vaccine. We no longer have a lot of the uh, things that uh, created the problems of getting the shot, all right? So, therefore, the circumstances under which it is administered now needs to change according to the circumstances as they present now. So what, 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 what's got me? What, what, what's on my mind? Well, right now... How's that change? Well, right now, the hospitals are controlling everything, okay? And so, therefore, the vaccine comes into the state, they're given to the hospitals, and then the hospitals then uh, give it out and things of this nature. In Connecticut now, um, it's actually expanded to the community health center. Yeah, that's right. As well as with uh, the pharmacies. And now, I'm not the only one saying this needs to change. I mean, it went with, what, CVS and Walgreens. Well, what do you want them to do? I want them to let the private practitioners administer the vaccine. Why? Because they're more trusted than the 
hospital. That's a good idea, yes. Yeah, All right, and you'll have more people giving out more shots. It's funny because you bring that up, and there was a question this past week about how Joe Biden can convince people to take the shot. And Chris Christie got up, and he's like, well, I know why people don't take the shot, because you're not praising Trump. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I guess we have to praise Trump. Well, for 50% of his followers to, like, take this out, we got to go, oh, Trump's so great. He's I, so great. I've been asking the people, why, the, those that are resistant to the shot, I mean, taking the vaccine, why are you so resistive? And they say, well, they don't trust the people administering it. Why? Because, like it or not, people, if I may say so, go to hospitals to die. They right. go to the, for private physicians and whomever to live. And they want to live. So why and who do they trust more than the hospital? The institution? No, they trust the guy or lady they're sitting across from when they're getting that shot. Doc, you said I need it. You really yeah. tell me why? Okay, you can give it to me. I'm gonna go stand in line in a hospital where people are dying left and right. No, now let, now let, let let's talk. Uh, no, it's funny about that. It's funny because. It's, you know, the government's always slow with administering programs, right? And I bet you by this time next year, there's going to be vaccine all over the place. Like, there's going to be so much vaccine around that we're going to walk in the stores and people are going to like, we, we have extra vaccine. Would you like some? Like, uh, well, because well, see, so much money's being Jamal, pumped into Jamal, it now. The point is, it's not having the vaccine. It's getting it in the arm. That's right. you okay. got to get it in the arm. Having it sitting. we got millions of, of doses of AstraZeneca sitting around. Now we're going to give it to Canada. We're going to give it to Canada. Well, the Mexico. whole thought is that, you know, if you leave it out there in the, in the, in the, in the world, it'll come back to us, right? In a well, different form, right? What? The, what? The, what? the, 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 the the COVID will transform and right, mutate. Right. It does, it does if we mean, don't get everybody in the world. We have to do this as quickly as we can. And yeah. all this time, we've only done 12 to 13% of the people. I haven't that's, heard you talk about... That's not fast enough. What happened when you took the vaccine? Were you sick? No. Because I've heard some... I've heard some stuff, man, that scared me. I'm supposed to take it in 10 days. I'm supposed to take it in on nine days. The I, I will take you there. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, I'm going to go with you. I'll, I'll take you. I've already <laughs> set aside two days at my house with no... Why are you off? doing that? Because... My friend took it, and she was, like, sick for, like, 48 hours. Like, it's crazy. And you're hearing this on the Jamal show, okay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm still taking it because I want to be able to, like, go around people and not feel guilty that I'm killing them. But, you know, I'm a little scared. Oh. After I saw that happen before my eyes, I'm like, wow, you really can't get out of bed? Well, you see that? <laughs> see that? That's, I got both shots, right? Yeah. I'm and, almost, I get, and I get my nose see, twice. See, because you got once. two. You got two shots. Right. I'm talking about person, people that got the one shot. Right. Go it's ahead. like a big bang to your body, no, right? Not, no, 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 no. Okay. So I'm still taking it. I'm right. going to have you with right. me. Right. I'm going straight home and I'm right. going to lay down. And I'm going to talk about you when you get done. Yeah. And I'm going <laughs> to eat a lot before I go so oh, I don't have to eat. Out. I'm scared. I'm scared. But I'm still taking I think everyone needs to take it, obviously. And I'll tell you what helped me a lot. Seeing Barack Obama take it. Because it's easy to talk about, like, to, uh, I can take the shot. I, I need to take a shot. But nobody likes putting stuff in their bodies. There's no right? doubt. There's no doubt. But So listen. when I saw Obama do it, I was like, okay. This man really wouldn't be doing it. Like, he doesn't need the money. He's not Donald Trump, so he's not just lying to lie. You know what I'm saying? If he says he took it, if he says this is why he said, I believe him. And then I look at, like, Bill Clinton's, like, what, 90,000 years old. He's got a triple high bypass heart surgery. He took it, and he survived it. Yeah. Come on. All right, but let me just do one more thing, bring up one more thing, and it's a lie that's being told, and that it's free. 
It's not free. Somebody's paying for this. And, you know, and that's where, you know, when, when the more people tell you it's not about the money, the more you should know it's about the money. Okay, now you say, well, how are the hospitals uh, controlling this? Okay, well, they're getting the vaccine free, but they're allowed to charge for the what? The shot in the arm, the administration of it. That's where the money is. Man, my experience, I was at the hospital yesterday and I asked them for a COVID vaccine. And they were like, go to Waterbury, um, go behind this dark alley. (laughs) To the left, there's a staircase, knock three times. I swear, it's like on a little card. And and they wrote directions like knock three times on the door so they know it's well, you. I had, a fe- well, <laughs> I had a fellow doctor who needed to have it done, and he didn't have an appointment, so he went to a local hospital and and you know walked up and things like this. And he's supposed to be one of these people that gets it anyway. And they said no. You can't have it because you don't have an appointment. Well, I, I said this last time. Why do I need an appointment? Well, you know why you need an appointment? So they can keep track of who gets it. And who no, have it. Well. so they can count the money. All right, they are taking your ins- you have to have an insurance card and some ID, and so that they then go and prior authorize this with your insurance company. That's who's paying for this. Well, I'll say this, and I'm gonna end off with this. I'll say this on this subject. Okay, go ahead. The the good thing is that nobody's died yet. Right. From what? From the vaccine. Good. That nobody has legitimately had to spend time in a hospital just due to the vaccine. We've had some blood clots with the AstraZeneca black vaccine in, uh, in Europe. Nobody's died yet. All these are old people, so they were probably going to have blood clots anyway, right? And that's the amazing thing about it. We did it so quickly. It hasn't killed anybody. And it's actually very efficacious. It's actually very, very yeah, useful. It's good for you. So we really, we might have dodged the bullet with this as long as 80% of the population gets it. Where are we now? Right? I said 13 yeah, we're at that's 13 a long elections. distance between 13 and 80. But we're giving out 2 million shots a day. Yes, yeah, but, well, listen, you cannot give a vaccine between 8 and 5 to a, uh, to a virus that's replicating 24-7. Expect to beat it. Right, right. But the, the, the mutations are happening outside the U.S. for now. I hear there's one that's coming out in California. But... The, the vaccines are still good for the change, for the mutations. Yes, yes. I mean. Right. And, and the purpose of this is all is really to get us all back to normal, right? Um, I'll make a prediction. What? That we should be prepared for a third shot. Okay? No one wants to talk about it, but I'll talk about it that down the road, maybe in December or maybe this time next year, you should anticipate needing a third shot to cover the variants. I have a question. Because we've taken so long to get everybody shot up, okay, that the vaccine, uh, the variant is going to show itself, and we're, and we're going, and for safety's sake, for no other reason, a third shot is going to be needed. I always wondered this, um, and, and no one's ever answered this, and maybe you can't, but um, why can't we just give the vaccines to people who have COVID now and cure them? I never understood why they just run to the hospital and say, we have, the, we have a vaccine, you have COVID, let's cure you now. And nobody should die from it, right? Shouldn't, shouldn't the people that have it first? You mean using the uh, va- uh, the, uh, the vaccine, vaccine as a cure, as a therapeutic? Now I know some doctors, some egghead is going to be like, "Oh, well, vaccines aren't cures, blah blah blah." But it makes sense, yes, right? yes. And they are getting the vaccine. Those that already have it right now they are. are it, it is part of the uh, therapy. But it doesn't cure you immediately. It just stops you from transmitting it. I guess it's right? allowing you, giving you a better chance at life. Okay. Okay. 
right, so I've been clear during this broadcast about how important it is to judge someone's true purpose as it pertains to your life. If you can't do that, then you're just a pawn. If you don't know somebody's purpose as it pertains to you, then you may be a fool in aligning with them. You're ignorant. You have no idea what their intentions are with you. And nowhere is that more true than with today's technology. I want to leave with a note on today's technology. I've grown into the habit of leaving you with a quote, and here's my quote for this broadcast. Roses are red, violets are blue. If you don't know the product, then the product is you. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, let's think about all apps on your phone, all these free apps. They're all free. All the new free stock trading apps like Robinhood and the banking applications like Chime and Mint. How about all the banking apps that promise you get your, ba your paycheck a day quicker? How about those? How about all the credit repair apps like Credit Karma, Credit Sesame, and Credit This and Credit That? All of them are free, right? I repeat, roses are red, violets are blue. If you don't know the product, then the product is you. My friends, what we have here are people who are offering you a free service as if you're the customer. At least that's what they tell you. But you aren't the real customer. Your information is the product for their real customers. They are making a cut from people who are selling to you. Your information is more valuable to them than the services they provide to you to get that information. Your valuable information includes things like how much money you have in their banks and what you're using it for. They run a search through your emails to see if you're pregnant so that they can sell you nursing products. Google can run a word search on your email. As long as they don't read your email, they can run a word search on it. Sometimes Google knows that people's children are pregnant before it's even announced based on shopping habits alone. They can see your credit score, where you live, how old you are, how many kids you have. And if you have a pension or some other kind of expendable capital that they can attach, then they sell that information to companies who want to predict what you need tomorrow. All of this information is invaluable to people who are trying to turn you into a sale for their products and services. And your app may be giving you budgeting services for free, but the real hope of its creators is not that you are more responsible with your money, that's just what they tell you because they lie about their purpose. It will keep you returning and giving, you, and giving them more business. They really want you. What they hope is that you will come to the conclusion that after much badgering by them, that their app is the best place to find a loan to help pay the bills you learned were past due through their app. They'll gladly take a fee for that, of course. That doesn't mean that their recommendation was best for you. They never guarantee that to you. They really just guarantee a fee for themselves for referring you. This happens all the time. Here's a great example. The market has been flooded with car insurance apps. You heard of Gabby, all that stuff. They tell you that their purpose is to provide you with a way to get cheaper car insurance. So you put your information into the app about your life, what kind of car you drive. Then the app is supposed to tell you which insurance company is the cheapest. The app portrays itself as a service to you. But what's really happening is that the app is selling access to you, to insurance companies. Because now, of course, the app knows what you need and how much you can spend. It can match you up with a provider of what you need and then demand a nice cut from that provider. In other words, the app tells you it's there to help you.
but it's really selling your information for a cut of the money made from selling things that you don't really need. Well, sometimes you do need it, and they'll sell it to you for more. That's the real purpose of the app. That's why Credit Karma is supposed to be free, to help you build your credit score. But instead, it keeps referring you to bank loans. My friend once told me that information is no longer free. I hated it when he told me that, because I still believe you can still get great information if you know where to look. But it's true that it's getting harder and harder to find those places to look where you can rely on information that is uncluttered, that isn't trying to sell you something, the kind of information that some corporation isn't paying to give you. The reason why these technology companies are selling your information is because you aren't paying for the use of their services, so they have to find funding from some operation underneath their control to make up for the shortfall. In other words, you may not be paying for the services that you are using from Google or Credit Karma, but they certainly are not free to you. It's not the purpose of any company to provide you free services. They aim to sell your information to pay for your services and still have money left over. That means they will be selling your information a lot. And I repeat, roses are red, violets are blue. If you don't know the product, then the product is you. I'm going to move on and uh, wish you all a great weekend. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. Please join the Jamal Show email club. You will like it. We love you. We'll be seeing you in two weeks. Try your very best not to kick each other in the balls till then.